I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello, thanks so much for joining me again today. I am coming to you from Brisbane on a beautiful spring morning. It's the first week of spring um, and I'm feeling this change that's kind of come with the change of the seasons. I think the seasons can bring different feelings or vibes to how we do things. Um, and for me, it feels like winter has been this time of kind of hunkering down and getting a lot of stuff done and consolidating or, um, I don't know, firming up everything I've been doing. And now I'm looking forward to spring um, where the weather gets a bit warmer, the sun's out a bit more and I'm enjoying, uh, well, I'm looking forward to enjoying the holidays with my kids. It's only one couple of days to go. So I'm trying to bust through these podcast episodes um, before I will have constant knocking on my door. <laughs> I'm sure you can all relate to that. So today is um, the third episode in my little five part series about managing behavior. And today I'm talking about how to encourage behavior. So this is about um, how to be proactive and when everybody is calm and happy and going about their normal day-to-day -day lives that you can, what can you do to encourage the behavior that you want to see? I'm gonna to talk today a little bit about um, consistency, the example you can be as parents, the importance of um, a relationship with your kids, and then also how you can maybe think about reinforcement and then um, rewards for um, kids' behavior, doing what you want them to do. And again, as soon as I hear that, it sounds a bit funny um, because I don't really, my philosophy is not to try to have kids be these discipline um, following, what's, how would you put it, kind of rule following little robots who always do the right thing. I think um, for me, it's really a lot about thinking about the few little things or times in your day and in your kid's day when things aren't going well and focusing on those things only. There's lots of things kids do that um, are annoying. They're messy, they're loud. They don't do what we ask them to do. They're a bit impulsive. They kind of think, uh, act before thinking. They make a mess. That's just part of life with kids. Um, and so to put it in context, I'm just talking about um, the one to three issues that you think changing or addressing would really improve your family's life and your child's day-to-day -day functioning. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on in this series. The reason I'm doing it is because I get lots of questions from um, parents about this idea of how, how do they encourage um, 
you know, their kids to meet the expectations that they have for their for them. They want to know how they can do things to reinforce um, behavior about setting expectations and also about how to use rewards as well. Again, this I've mentioned in the last episode and maybe even the one before too, because um, everything in terms of thinking about behavior links in together. Um, And so there will be crossover and talking about the same thing or strategy, but at different times or also in different context, which I think helps you think about it and um, from a different perspective. So if we go to the first idea then about um, that I've got in terms of how to encourage the behavior you want to see, it's about um, setting clear expectations um, and being consistent. So what I mean by that is that if you your, your kids are not going to be able to meet the expectations or follow the rules or do what you want them to do, however you want to put it, if they don't already know what you expect of them. So you can't make up a rule on the day um, or, or tell kids, no, I, you shouldn't have done that because of this. If, if they don't know about it already, you haven't given them the opportunity to um, you know, try and do what you want them to do. So the expectations need to be really clear and you've got to be really consistent about putting them in place as well. That's why I know some families like to have rules or some have expectations. I think the key is to keep them really short and brief. Um, So there's maybe only one to three again at a time. Some families prefer to do this through a values-based lens and I think that's fine as well. So if you're values are that you're kind to others or um, whatever else they might be, that's okay as well. As long as your kid's clear on what your expectation is and what they should be doing. A little bit of a note on consistency. Um, That is a really key part because it's how kids or it's how all of us learn through experiencing the world. And so what happens is kids do a certain thing, then they experience a response, whether that's the um, success of you praising them for doing a good job or whether it's that they feel good themselves because they've done it right and and they're on track um, or whether it's an external reward. That is a chain of events that kind of helps us learn what we're meant to do. So I'm trying to think about it from a parent example one maybe is that I've learned not to go shopping when I'm hungry because I found when I go and I'm hungry I spend a butt ton of money that I wouldn't have otherwise and by repeating that sequence I've kind of learned that just through the experience of it that that's something that I don't want to do (laughs) and so kids are the same they learn through that repeated experience so the more consistent you can be the faster your kids will learn this stuff and it makes it really clear for them what the boundaries are as well. Uh, The second note is about um, setting an example for your kids. So I've talked about this a little bit before as well, that if you want to have your kids behave in a certain way, they're going to learn a lot from you. They're always watching. Um, And I remember 
a quote once and I can't remember where it comes from, but it said that kids learn what we don't intend to teach them. And I think that's really true. It's really powerful to think about um, how much they learn from what they watch us doing. So if you have a tendency to not put your stuff away, the, the kids are probably likely to follow that as well. If when you get upset, you lose it and you yell, they're likely to do the same kind of thing. Um, so you, you can, it's not a thing to feel guilty or bad about, but it's a thing to be aware of. And when your kids are having some challenges of behavior, take a step back and think about what they're learning from each of the parents in the house and maybe other adults as well. Um, and then you can use that as an opportunity to model what you would like to see your child do. Um, and one big way we do this in our house is by modeling the need to take a breath and walk away when someone is annoying us. Um, my husband and I will do it to each other as well. We'll say, hang on, I just need five minutes and walk away. And so with the hope of us doing that as much as we remember to, our kids may, we're hoping, will learn to walk away as well when they're frustrated with each other. Sometimes I see it. Um, sometimes they just, you know, punch each other. But <laughs> maybe there's a trend towards it being more positive. I am hopeful. The third thing to think about is um, having quality time with your kids to develop a really good relationship with them. And I touched on this a, a bit in the last episode about um, punishments and how punishments are, sometimes they work, but sometimes they make um, us not like who's punishing us. And so, the opposite is true in that if you've got a really strong, good relationship with somebody, you want to please them and you want to help them and be kind to them. And so if you focus on developing a really strong bond with your kids through having quality time with them, that in itself is going to be something that encourages them to have um, positive behavior. Quality time doesn't need to be a lot. Um, so you don't have to wait until it's a day when, you know, a weekend where you can spend the whole day with your kids. Um, it's just, well, probably even more effective to have just little bits um, frequently. So that might mean that there's something that you do with your kid once a week that's, um, you know, half an hour to an hour each time. Maybe it's that you go to the park and kick the football every Saturday morning. Or it can be things around routine as well. So if your child has to be at school early one morning of the week, maybe the same parent goes with them each time and they, um, you know, just enjoy that car ride, that one-on-one -on -one time together. Or you can have it at bedtime as well. Um, I don't know if any of you have noticed that the kids seem to really want to chat at bedtime. Um, if you are intentional and prepared enough to get that happening earlier, you might be able to then spend an extra 10 minutes with them talking about their day, um, you know, whatever comes up for them that they want to talk about. So doing small little things, again, it comes back to consistency, small little consistent um, efforts to build your relationship with your kids 
uh, will naturally encourage um, positive behavior on their part and probably yours as well, to be honest. Um, then we come into that final part, which is about how you respond when the behaviors are happening. And there's ways that you can respond that will encourage a good behavior next time. So I talked um, earlier about the cons consistency and being consistent is what gives your kids that um, it, it opportunity to learn from experience. And so the reinforcement is one way you can respond to make it more likely that kids will choose that behavior again next time. And reinforcement can be a whole um, range of different things. So a really common one that we talk about is praise. And sometimes it's, well, it's always better if it's um, descript descriptive praise. So what what I mean when we say that is that the, the praise is not just purely um, a positive statement like good boy, good girl, or nice job. It's about what exactly they did that you thought was good. An important point too is to think about trying to use praise that's about um, the qualities you see in your child rather than their achievement or the outcome. That's, uh, and you know, maybe easy to understand when we talk about it this way, but in the moment it can be tricky to see the difference. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, rather than, so for example, in doing homework, if your child's, you know, spending a lot of time doing it, rather than say, that's great, you got all those right, that's amazing. That, that's a way to praise the achievement. But if you wanna praise the qualities of your child, you might say things like, um, it's amazing how hard you worked. I could see you sticking at it. Or you spent so long on that today, that's amazing. I'm pretty sure you, you spent longer on it than you did yesterday. So you're praising their ability to um, work hard and to stick at something rather than the achievement. Um, and it's descriptive because it describes actually what they've done. Whereas if, you know, in that homework situation, you just come by and say, good job. It doesn't really describe enough of what exactly it is that they did. And describing exactly what it is that they did and you know, re reinforcing that by saying that it's a good thing, that's what will um, help them know what to do next time. The last part is thinking about um, charts or rewards um, to encourage behavior as well. And this can be most helpful for little kids, I think. Um, and it's probably something you might not use so much with a teenager, but I'll talk about times when you might in a second. Um, the reason is, I think it's that it's a visual reminder um, and you'd still, when kids do the, the right thing or, you know, achieve what you want them to achieve, you still give that descriptive praise, but giving a sticker or something can be really helpful because it's more, it's more of that reward. So they get the praise and then they get that cool thing as well. 
by letting your kids put it up there themselves, the sticker, it kind of, um, they're experiencing that good feeling of success. And um, as they're putting the sticker on the chart, that positive experience they're feeling also contributes to rewarding the behavior. So it's more than just the sticker itself. It also gives you a couple of minutes to be with your child in giving the sticker to them and helping them, watching them, talking about it. So you're giving them that quality time as well. I think a lot of teenagers would be over that <laughs> by some point, but there are some things that I would adapt for kids who have ADHD and perhaps use, I would use more of these type of rewards um, with kids, ADHD is who are older, even into the teenage years. And the reason is that um, it incorporates visual information, which is always really helpful. But from things we talked about, um, actually, I can't remember if we did, or maybe that was in a webinar that I did. Um, so I'll say it again. What I was talking about is how kids with ADHD are really good at responding to new information and stimulus coming in. Um, and that's in part why they're, um, they struggle with distraction because they're paying attention to every little thing that's coming in. But how you can use that to your benefit is that, um, when you see them doing the right thing and in this context, it's homework, you can describe to them what they're doing well and um, give them some praise and reinforcement with um, something like a, a token or a tick that goes on a chart or in a book. And so they are really primed to respond to rewards like that. Um, so that's the probably the one case where I would use it. And with teenagers or older kids like late primary school, I think it's important to have that tick tick chart, but then that kind of leads up onto something else that's a bit more rewarding and tangible um, because kids don't really care so much about the sticker or the tick uh, when they're little, uh, sorry, when they're, when they're big, um, they want to know then what it leads up to. So by using that strategy where you have a um, behavior chart, you can give them the ticks or stickers in the moment, which is when it's most reinforcing, but then they can use those ticks to maybe um, buy or trade off with you for some extra privileges and, and things. So it might be some more tech time, um, TV time, Slurpees. I know it might be other things as well. Quality time with you is a great one. You can take them to the park. Um, or they can pick their favorite dinner, all of those kinds of things. So it's a really good way to um, adapt what we're talking about for young kids to kids who might need that re reward and reinforcement later on in life, but that younger approach is um, no longer appropriate. So I always talk at the end of the series about how to adapt things for kids who are developing differently. And so that's a little bit about um, ADHD there. But when kids have ADHD or are autistic, I think sometimes the strategies aren't that different, but it's how um, much you put into them or how powerful you make them that um, is the change. So I'd really increase the amount of consistency that you can uh, use when 
kids are autistic or ADHDers. So the more consistency is great for ADHD because then they, the kids know what's expected of them a lot better. And for autism, often kids are calmer when there's a, a lot more consistency as well. You might want to increase the routine as well so that um, you follow the same kind of um, path for what you do each day um, with, with your kids. And by having that um, routine that's consistent, they know what's coming up, they know what they're expected to do. It reduces that baseline level of stress um, on their part, but it also means things are communicated more clearly in a way that suits them and they're more likely to meet the expectations. The third area is that I would use visual information for this as well. Um, and so often it's a visual chart that might explain the steps to a task or what you're expecting um, kids to try. Uh, so the task itself, you, you show them how to do it with pictures or um, it might be other, other modes of visual information like using um, iPads or programs like that. It really depends on your child's communication needs, but providing it visually helps for kids who find it hard to communicate verbally and also kids who find it hard to remember stuff. And my fourth suggestion and the final one is for kids. I, you know, I was going to say for ADHD because um, of the difficulty with doing big tasks, but I think that's true for lots of autistic kids as well. And so if kids are having trouble because tasks are big and overwhelming, it's about breaking it down for them. So that might mean that you, you, um, help them with visuals or teach them the steps that they have to go through to um, complete a task. So for example, if it's cleaning their teeth, take them through each step and help them with each step so that it's not such a big overwhelming task to do on their own. Um, and then by breaking it down, you're kind of increasing the chance of success. You might also want to start with helping them with all of the steps except the last one. They do the last one themselves and then they get that reinforcement and praise for that. And once they're doing that really consistently, you can drop it back and, and get them to do the last two steps and then the last three steps and so on. So it's a way that you've broken down the task to make it more manageable but they still experience that natural reinforcement at the end. So it's, um, there's a lot in there, I know, and some of it's a, a repetition of what's before, but sometimes that's not a bad thing, right? Um, because I'm talking about consistency and, and that's how our kids learn. I guess we learn through repetition of, um, of hearing things as well. And hopefully as you go through and you're putting just one or two things um, one or two of these suggestions in place to address the one or two problems you're experiencing in your home. Um, I hope that it, you know, really helps to uh, make things a lot smoother and I guess also provide a bit of calm and reassurance because you know that you're doing lots of things to encourage the good behavior. Last episode, we talked about what to happen what to do when, you know, that doesn't happen and things go pear-shaped. 
Um, but this gives you the context of knowing that you've got lots of things in place to encourage really good behavior. So if you are wondering what to do when your kids maybe are acting out or defiant, that's what I'm going to cover in the next episode. Um, so very much looking forward to chatting about that then. Um, hope you enjoy the last week of school or it's probably the school holidays by the time you listen to this. Um, I hope that you're enjoying that little change that comes with spring and feeling a bit um, more warmer and motivated and um, like it's a new beginning. Thanks so much for um, listening with me again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.